Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight is the Mad Monkeys Film Pick of the Week, and we're talking about 2001's Spirited Away, directed by Heyo Mizuzaki. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Hey, hey How? Mizuzaki. How? What, what, how? Miyazaki. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Miyazaki. Yeah, a lot of... Ah, it's going to be one of those episodes, folks, to so just strap in. It's, it's going to be a lot. Uh, but we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. But I'm joined and by the bold and beautiful. You will pass karate still inside. Oh, Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, uh, uh. What is going on, everybody? Oh, that was not uh, having a I'm more vocal than that. There we go. <laughs> and we're also joined by the psychotic opinion, the man monkey, the prince of my more day. Hey, oh, monkey, get funky with it. Yes, keep it a funky, keep it a fresh. Is the mad monkey flexing in the mirror like American Psycho? <laughs> Where we, Punky Tail Crew, bring you the best horror podcast in all the land. That's right. So make sure you listen live. Listen on Spotify. Listen on iTunes. Listen with your mama. Listen with your neighbor. Listen with your preacher. We don't really fucking care. Just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, Fred family? Hi, Michael. Hey there. Hi. Hi, dude. How you doing? Like how Miyazaki? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's going to fucking stick. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo, <old> Miyazaki. <laughs> we sound like you. Well, is, is the dean here yet? Are we introducing the dean? All we need is a crashing of a drum cymbal, and the comedy trifecta is complete. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, is your Good evening. Hey-o. Good evening, Dean. Uh, How are you doing tonight, McMahon? Oh, I'm doing lovely. Uh, it's time yet again when we meet at this time on Wednesday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you know, to talk about horror films most of the time. Now, we have a packed show for you this evening, and. I hope that everyone is ready for the unique blend of stylistic information that we present to you on a weekly basis, live. As a what are we, a jazz band now? <laughs> we, we are. We are. Manamana. <laughs> Speaking of jazz bands, because jazz I was hands? listening to something earlier today, jazz bands, <laughs> bands, 
stands with a B. Uh, I arrived home from work uh, this afternoon uh, to find, uh, delivered from our local postal carriers, uh, a cardboard box uh, addressed to me. And I opened the box. I said to myself, what's in the box? And I opened the box. (laughs) What's in the box? And lo and behold, I uh, found in my hands uh, a, a small handful of vinyl records that were sent to me by none other than our very own Mad Monkey. Uh, cool. I'm, of, I'm glad you got uh, it. A, oh. a Beatles collection, uh, a Gladys Knight and the Pips record, uh, Rancid, uh, Rancid uh, 10-inch, Rancid uh, t- uh, double 10-inch record, uh, something called Freaky Funkin' Freaky Boys, which I've never heard of, but I've played that record before. And uh, I mean, I played it when I when I got it, and it has like a like an '80s like hair '80s rock kind of vibe to it. And then something else I hadn't heard of before uh, that uh, it was called Satin Chickens, and I put that record on, and that one was actually uh, really cool, uh, featuring a uh, you know like a like a like a cool kind of groovy '70s rock kind of vibe, not heavy rock, but. Uh, the 70s, uh, you know, kind of mellow rock vibe that was really cool. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one previously, uh, so that was nice to hear. I always like to hear something new that's interesting, as well as one of my uh, personal favorites, which uh, in the spirit of transparency, I must say I do own a copy already, but I will, I will find a worthy uh, place to rehome uh, this additional copy, uh, and that is none other than the USA for Africa We Are the World Collection. And I can say that aside from the title song, We Are the World, which I have no problem saying I think is just absolutely magnificent and just love with all my heart, uh, it does feature uh, some songs from some of the artists that appear. Uh, there's an excellent Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band song called Tracked on there, uh, and that's the only place that song was ever released. Uh, I was lucky enough to see Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band perform that one in concert once, and it was awesome. Um, you know, as well as some other songs. So I was excited to see that also. And I will, uh, I have lots of uh, vinyl record friends and different vinyl record groups I'm in, and I'm sure I will be able to find a, a loving home uh, for that one. But Monkey, I just want to say thank you very much. It was, uh, it's been a, it's been a, uh, going back to Friday of last week, it's been a, a trying few days at work. We had a, we had an emergency episode at, at my job uh, last Friday. Everything is fine, uh, but it's been a, a stressful uh, few days. And it was like a, uh, my wife is away for this whole week, so it's just me holding down the fort, me and the dog, and it was just like a nice uh, treat to to return home to, to a box of vinyl. So I, I just want to say thank you very much. That was a very, very lovely gesture, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Cool, man. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Love is in the air. The dean likes my back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about packages. I actually got two big old packages. So, I mean, I know... You got two big old packages? You're finally going down that road, King? <laughs> right on my face. Time. Just, just no in there, and it was on my face. It was wet. It was hot. It was sexy. I was turned on the entire time. But, yeah, no, I too got sexy. two packages. Too uh, sexy. Excuse me while I vomit. One from the goal, one from the monkey. The monkey gave me his on Friday, so he just laid it in my face, and he's like, take it, bitch. And I was like, thank you, sir. May I have another? But, no, he, uh, he gave me some presents. Um one thing that was very cool that he bought me was a Silver Shamrock Novelties final processing sign. Uh, tin, beautiful-looking thing that I have now officially hung up on my bathroom door. 
and I keep that door closed so you know that's where you do your final processing in the morning and at night and whenever you have to. <laughs> There's a place for so that. You, just out of curiosity, <laughs> so when you when you do your final processing, uh, being that you you live in you live alone, uh, you you close the door even though you live alone. Uh, yeah, I do. Now I have to because that final processing time's on there. So you just you want to make the thing complete, like they listen, you know, shut it and then open. It and like you know what, the process is done. There's a silver shamrock in the toilet, so you're good to go. <laughs> you know, very very cool. Uh, that I have done. Uh, he also got a copy of Ghostbusters Tobin Spirit Guide, which to be a Ghostbusters fan since I was a kid, that's always something that I wanted. He found the Ghostbusters edition. Apparently, there is a real Tobin Spirit Guide that I had no idea existed, so I, I'm going to have to order that. Uh, but thanks to the monkey for telling me that there is an actual Spirit Guide by Tobin that you can buy. Um, so, again, awesome. But also, dealing with the love with Clooney, he got me his first two movies ever on a two-DVD pack, The Return of the Killer Tomatoes and Return to Horror High, which is one of my favorite horror comedies. So I can, he's like, here you go. He's like, I hope you like him. I'm like, dude, you know me very well, so thank you. For those birthday gifts, they they are perfect, and I very much. But what was the other package? Well, this one just hit me. In, this is how you do it. This is how you hit somebody in the face with a package. You just to, totally surprise them, fucking out of the gate, and then you're just like, you know what? You got something to deal with it. And I'm like, it's a chia pet. I guarantee you, it's a chia pet because we've been talking about it on the show for so long. Didn't um, that was happening, but no. It was an Amazon package. I opened it up, and it turns out it's from the ghoul. And, and what did he get me other than a pair of Becky Lynch socks, a very fucking cool Halloween tin sign from the first Halloween movie that I have hanging up on my Halloween wall. You'll see it in when you visit on Friday. Uh, he also Sweet. bought me a very cute Donald Trump was here stamp, so I'm going to go around the city stamping shit all weekend. Uh, just putting it all <laughs> to do. So that was very cool. But the, the piece de resistance, as you will, is a pair of Macho Man Randy Savage official sunglasses. The fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've got a pair of Ray-Bans that cost $200, and I'm never wearing them, as long as I have my Macho Man shit. Hmm. Like, that's your... And I'm going to get a bandana and a cowboy hat, <laughs> down the street twirling, moving my fingers and playing pop and circumstance everywhere I go. For the macho man, I'm here. Eat you, Slim Jim. And he's ready. <laughs> okay, but the big, but the big question, the big question now though is because we know we know what it, you know stuff about the Navy. So are the Becky Lynch socks going to become your sea socks? <laughs> they have to be. Yeah. I mean, I just I have them hanging up on the wall right now next to my Becky Lynch action figure because they're not going to look good in my fat fucking life. It's just going to look terrible. She's going to look all bloated and sick. No, I'm too <laughs> oh, shit. Walking in the wood on my way. No, she's going to look like she's been through some shit and she needs to go to therapy. So, no, she'll be hanging up on the wall right next to my, my uh, not Becky Lynch action figure, but uh, – to our other fan, PA, if you're out there listening to this episode tonight or whenever, thank you so much for the $25 gift card to Fright Rags. Somebody listened, and somebody stepped up, and at least it's one of our best fans, PA. He listened to the monkey, and he shot me a $25 gift card to Fright Rags to get a T-shirt. He's the bomb. That is amazing. So thank you for that, because that was awesome, and I definitely plan on buying a good one and uh, putting it on display once I get it. So thank you so much, PA. That was, that was very cool of you to do. He knows how much I love Fred Rex. 
Indeed, indeed. So Fright Rags, if you ever want to, you know, do that whole uh, sponsoring of the show, you should, should give old Andy a call. Yeah. I have enough shirts for yeah. Yeah, feel free to message, message and contact Talking Terror. We have no problem with you sponsoring the show. So remember that Fright Rags, future yeah, proud sponsor yeah, of Talking Terror. We're <laughs> yeah, here for that sponsorship, baby. So bring it on. And uh, rest right. not least, not associated with Talking Terror in any way. Sorry, just had to put the disclaimer in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put I that disclaimer in there. Yeah, yeah. that disclaimer. So, uh, my in California bought me a couple books. One of them is a very cool one uh, called George A. Romero Interviews, edited by Tony Williams. And it's a collection of interviews he has done since 1969 up until his death. Uh, just a collection of magazine interviews, video interviews, all compiled into one book. Uh, finished it already. It's already done. It just went by so that's, quick. But very, that's awesome, very, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's now an official coffee uh, table item. So when you come over, you'll see it's proudly displayed. Uh, you know, on my table next to uh, a book that the Go and I both bought over the weekend, Ultimate Evil, The Search for the Sons of Sam by Maureen Terry. So I'm ready two chapters into that one. Really looking forward to finishing that one because that doc series was hits. So if you guys have not checked it out, Netflix, you know, Sons of Sam, The Set in the Darkness, four-part series. Go for it, dude. I have finished it. Yeah, you I have finished it. it. Finished it. Like not like Mortal Kombat, you know. I, I finished it better. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I thought the series uh, was all right. It dragged a couple. It dragged it a couple. Um, I almost feel like they could have probably condensed it down to three episodes. Um, so I, I did really enjoy the very, uh, the very, the very wonderful, like rele- the revelation at the end of the film, which I thought was just uh, was just yeah, nice little cherry on top of everything else. But, uh, yeah, I do recommend yeah, it as well. I, I think it was a, a worthwhile watch. Yeah, it was a, a good one. And I love you watch it when you can. But I, I love the fact that the ghoul texted me on Saturday. Hey, what's that book that the guy wrote? Any others? I'm like, ah, I got you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he immediately went out and ordered. He's like, I got it coming Tuesday. I'm like, ah, oh, that's my man. Read that book. It's good. <laughs> I even had to get a new copy for myself, so I'm excited. But I'm glad that you liked it. Definitely fun. All right. Cool. Yeah. Again, so, I, uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. I, I ordered the book. We got it in already. Um, I also got my copy of the Sentinel in, uh, what we covered last week. Uh, so, so yeah. You know, I've got. Uh, but I'm also still reading Thrawn, and and you know, I have all these Star Wars books that I still have to uh, plow through as well. And yeah, like I said, I'm balls deep in 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 that right now. So. I'll, uh, I will get to all of these things. See, uh, unlike the Google girl, like I'm the kind of person I have to focus on one book at a time because if I try to divvy my attention up between too many books, I just put them all down and don't read them. She'll read like four books at the same time, you know, and she'll know exactly where she is in all of them. She can completely, you know, keep it all separated in, in her in her head, and I, just, I can't do that. She was the same way, so, man. She reads like four books at the same time. I just can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, Dean, what were you going to say? I was going to say, as you know, similar to what the ghoul is, uh, you know, mentioning uh, last week while we were doing our show, uh, we were both kind of like poking around online uh, looking for for copies of of the Sentinel. And, you know, there are some cheap copies out there, but they're in pretty rough shape. And surprisingly to me, there are also some some old beat up copies that are also quite pricey. 
But anyway, the ghoul had texted mm-hmm. me on the side as I was looking. It was like, hey, I just found this copy for like six bucks uh, with free shipping. Uh, and I was like, that's awesome. And I was looking and I found uh, like a, it was like a combo. It was like uh, the Sentinel and, and the, the Guardian, the sequel. It was like a package deal for like, I don't know, like 15 bucks, including shipping or something like that. And, uh, you know, the, the description said both were in, you know, acceptable used shape. And I've ordered plenty of acceptably used shape books before to no true uh, severe issues. But uh, this was through eBay. And I got a message from the eBay seller like a couple of days later, I guess, uh, you know, they're, they're a, a very large like used book dealer. They said that when they searched out uh, these books in, in their supply, like in their, you know, I guess their small book warehouse supply where they have all their books, they were uh, seeing that their copy of the Sentinel was in like way worse shape than they thought uh, that it was in. And they were not comfortable uh, sending it in the shape that it was in. And they said that I could either look at their, uh, at their list of books and pick something else or, um, you know, just get a refund for, for that portion. And I, you know, their, their list of books that they sent me the link to through their eBay store was like, I don't know, 20 pages long with like 50 books for a fucking page. And I scanned like two pages and saw nothing that was of interest to me and just continued to scroll. So I just uh, got the refund and have to research, uh, not research, not, not research, but like do another search for a, another copy of which which I will do because I have the the sequels should be arriving in my mailbox at any day, but obviously I'd like to read the first one before I. I... Indeed. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay, man. So now that we're all caught up on birthday news and all that kind of stuff, Dean, what have you got for us on the docket for this week for horror news? Um. So, uh, before we get to the news, I just want to take a moment. Uh, to, for a brief mention here, uh, you know, this happened the other day. I know we talked about it on our, on our group chat, but I just want to take a brief, brief moment just to acknowledge the passing of Tawny Katane. Uh, you know, she, uh, you know, was a, you know, obviously a media figure in the 80s with some film credits and her um, iconic uh, performances in some White Snake music videos, uh, namely Here I Go Again on My Own. Uh, but uh, as a young horror-watching fan, uh, myself, as as I've mentioned before on the show, uh, and and when we were lucky enough to interview uh, writer and director uh, Kevin Tenney on this very program, uh, you know, Witchboard was, you know, not the first, but was like one of the early uh, films that I had seen that was increasingly, you know, drawing me into the genre uh, as a bigger fan. Um, I'm a huge fan of the first Witchboard movie, of which Tawny Katane was the female lead, and um, oh, yeah. you know, so it just makes me sad that she passed away. I know she had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of problems, uh, you know, throughout her life and some 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 legal issues and whatnot. But um, you know, uh, I was just sad to to see that. So um, I just wanted to give a mention. Very good, Dean. Yeah. <clears throat> So, all right, moving on. Go. Now that you all have had so many words about that, um, <laughs> we are I mean, here okay, to talk I mean, about. I, here's what I can add. Personally, I only knew her from the couple of movies that I saw her in. Never a big follower of hers, though. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that's kind of where, where I lean with that. I mean, I know her from Bachelor Party, and you know, like even then, like I don't know, she's always yeah. that. You know what it is? Is she's the chick that 
you know, I just remember people in like the eighties and, and like, you know, the early nineties, obviously when like, you know, some of us as teenagers at that point were discovering that movie. Um, you know, like I remember friends being like, Oh, she's so hot. She's so hot. And me being like, eh, okay. Um, she's not my type as far as like the, the looks department goes. So like, I, I just never saw the sex appeal with her. Uh, performance wise. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, she was fine in, in whatever roles I ever saw her in. There, there you have it. There you have it. Our very own Ghoul of Geek. <laughs> what about you, King? How did you feel about the Audi Contain? Well, I was the one that broke the news when I heard about it, and I was kind of sad about it because I do love Witchboard. I'll definitely agree with, with the Dean on that one. That's a great Kevin Tenney movie. Um, but also, yeah, Bachelor Party. It's still my favorite comedies of all time in the 80s. You know, oh, without question. And... Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, King. No, I'm talking about Bachelor Party. Uh, bachelor Party. So, uh, you know, Bachelor Party was one of those. Uh, I believe it came out in 1984. And, uh, you know, that was right around the time, maybe 85, right, right, right in that window when uh, premium cable TV came into my, my, my family home. And, uh, you know, Bachelor Party was one of those that would be on late night. And, uh, you know, when I saw Bachelor Party for the first time, uh, you know, when I was, I don't know, 11, you know, 12, something like that. Uh, you know, I didn't obviously see it from start to finish. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this, uh, you know, uh, this movie Bachelor Party. But at the time, you had three premium movie channels. You had HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax. At least, uh, you know, that's what I had in my cable package. And whichever one of those showed Bachelor Party, I would, like, put it on at night, and it would be like, like, all right, it says Bachelor Party. I don't know what this is. And it would be like, I don't know, somewhere halfway through the movie, like with the Bachelor Party in full swing and fucking titties and drugs and fucking donkey doing cocaine off the piano and all this crazy <laughs> shit. And I, I, I shit you not, like when I saw this when I was a kid, like I thought that this was the like the most scandalous, like worst, most inappropriate fucking movie that I could ever mm-hmm. possibly be watching in my life. Um, I was so impacted by seeing it at that young age because you know with in the days before premium movie channels like there was just no way to be exposed to something like that unless you saw like i don't know a commercial for that film in the theater which you know wouldn't give you much but um yeah i remember seeing some of that stuff in bachelor party the part when that the skinny dude with the glasses and he's with the um uh, uh like the trend the transsexual uh woman and she goes to the bathroom and 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 he pees standing up like i was like shocked i had like never it was like my first exposure to anything like that um so yeah i fucking love bachelor party man that's a great fucking movie so so indelibly tied to like my young movie watching just as a young movie watcher in general man i man did i think that was like the most like the worst fucking thing that i could possibly have been watching at the time uh, see, for me with Bachelor Party, my first time viewing it was on like regular television, so it was like heavily neutered. Um, but yeah, same oh. thing. You know what I mean? Like same thing with that, and like even Porky's. Like I remember watching Porky's on TV, and then a friend of mine had Porky's on like video, and was like, "Oh, okay, now I see what you guys are going with." Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, but with, with Bachelor Party, seeing it on television, it still felt like something that, like, yeah, wow, I really should. Uh, this is definitely something I shouldn't be watching at this age, even though now I look at it and it's like, okay, man. I mean, obviously, by today's standards, it's, it's, it's quite low-key. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what else we got, <laughs> Did Dean go away? Oh no! Did he go away? 
No, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, I got. I don't know what happened. I got booted. Like I got completely kicked off the fucking system. Uh, I'm back. So yeah. after I said that, like I, you know, I had to re-log in here. I don't know what happened. But anyway, uh, are we are we moving on? Are we ready to move on? We are ready to move on, sir. All right. So uh, I did just want to point out, and look, I am not familiar uh, with all things Suicide Squad. Uh, it's just not something I know about. I know that all the fanboys all lined up in a row. Uh, like a bunch of, um, you know, like a bunch Lemmings. of, uh, you know, following, following people all have boners for Harley Quinn. Uh, but I know that I was reading wow. earlier today uh, that uh, James Gunn, who, you know, after being unceremoniously booted, was like brought back to his projects, but that the upcoming James Gunn, the Suicide, suicide Squad film uh, has been given the... Uh, the the rating of hard R for violence, graphic nudity, and gore. Um, you know, is that par for the course for for Suicide Squad? Like, I just don't know. Like, I think I was maybe surprised Suic- to hear that kind of thing. I just want to hear you keep trying to say Suicide Squad, man. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Okay, Elmer Fudd. Um, so, so, Suicide Squad. Uh, no, I think the uh, the first film was PG thirteen. Uh, I know yeah. that whatever there's there's the unrated cut, you know, extended cut. Um, that that like when I got the the pack on Xbox and had both uh, both cuts. The extended one's the only one I watch. Uh, it's the only one I've seen. I've never bothered watching the theatrical, so I don't even know. Uh, did I see it in theaters? I might have seen it in theaters. So you know what? I think I should see it in theaters. I don't remember. I don't remember what the differences are um, between the two. I know the one's a little bit longer. Uh, that being said, I mean, obviously, yes, you know, do I want to see this as an R-rated movie that's going to play in the same vein as, let's say, the Harley Quinn TV series, except with lighter comedy and more action, violence, and gore? Absolutely, that's what I want to see, and I'd be very happy to see that, considering the characters that we are getting with the film. Um, so, James Gunn, if that's what you're doing, I love you for it, so please bring that shit. There you have it. Yeah, more cool. Shoot as a yeah, button. Same here, right. man. It's like you when you're when you're having this kind of material. It's like you have to push, uh, you know, for, further and harder than you did in the first one. It's like because we were all expecting something way more graphic than what we got in the original movie. Like I, I was extremely let down by just how tame the movie was. Like you know, it was fun. Yeah, you know, it was ruined by shitty, shitty bad guys. You know, um, because that's what DC does. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I thought the characters were good. The character interaction was good, but it definitely needed to push it further. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't let down. I wouldn't say I was let down by the film. It kind of, kind of met what I expected. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, there was a lot of hype behind, you know, the fact that the Joker was going to be in it. And ultimately it felt like he was kind of shoehorned in, um, yeah. And, you know, that, I think, if anything, is just what felt forced about the movie. But aside from that, you know, I uh, I thought, you know, the, the one thing I would say is that I could have used more of the uh, that fire dude who I can't remember his name right now. So Diablo. Fire dude. Diablo, yeah. Diablo. Um, <laughs> you know, like I felt him to be like the, the most interesting character Bad. in the whole film. 
and uh, and we got very little of him. And then uh, and then yes, and then he exits the film at the end, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> awesome. He, he was like the Johnny Blaze of the very first Fantastic Four movie when you only had literally one flame on in the entire movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a Fantastic Four movie that went straight to VHS back in the day. <laughs> oh, the Roger, the Roger Corman one. That one you're talking about. That didn't, that didn't go straight to VHS. That never got released. Anybody that got that on VHS got it through, like, you know, like comic book shop means as in like you know me having jay muse basically you know fucking insult me to make me buy it from him at the fucking comic shop when it was on monmouth avenue in uh in red bank at that time when he was still they were still working there at the comic shop at the time basically his uh he it's it's a line he uses in one of the movies as well but he said you know don't knock it till you try it um when i made like a joke about the the you know the fucking bootleg copy of it that he had sitting on the uh the, the countertop in the in the comic shop and you know just it just made me feel bad about myself it made me feel like they might have had some stake in the movie like the passion in which he fucking set it in so i was like all right i'll fucking buy it i think i spent like 15 20 bucks on it which you know at that fucking yeah. point so for me it was like fuck man you know i'm buying a movie that i don't even want to fucking see not even knowing if it's going to be any good and you know what no it was fucking terrible i remember like watching it once and, and that vhs like disappeared somewhere I don't know if it's, it's probably like buried in my basement here and and dying of like mold. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I'm good with that. Okay, all right. Believe me, the movie doesn't need to go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let it die. So it can stay and it can mold in the basement. But speaking of yeah. movies, we have so many movies to talk about. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, Rattle quite off, some man. time ago, on this on this on this very esteemed program, quite some time ago, I talked about how uh, Paul Feig had uh, signed uh, a deal with Universal around a year and a half ago. I remember talking about this on the program, uh, but he was going to write and direct a movie for Universal uh, featuring the Universal Classic Movie Movie Library. Um, that was this film was going to be titled Dark Army, and uh, just it's, and there's been no more talk about it since. But originally uh, he talked about how there was going to be the classic Universal movies, uh, as well as some original uh, newly created characters. Um, and there's been no more talk, and I kind of forgot about it until I was reading this article earlier today, where uh, he just came out and said that uh, he was talking to Collider. And he said that he is actually back to work on this project. He said that at first it seemed like what he was conceptualizing and his deal with Universal and what they were looking to spend just didn't line up, that, uh, like, that his vision was going to be uh, just too expensive. But he said that he is actually back to work on it and in teaming with Universal, uh, that he's working on the script and uh, you know, readjusting things in the script with those budgetary issues in mind, uh, with his aim to get this in production as the next project uh, that he works on. So his fingers uh, are crossed uh, that this is going to be his next project, and he is hoping that through this he is going to start uh, his very own monster movie franchise. Uh, monster movies, he said, not horror movies. He said more in line with classics from uh, James Whale and, and Todd Browning. So uh, 
we'll continue to keep an eye on that. You know, there's been so much talk about the universal monsters and the dark universe and all of this, which hasn't really seemed to come to pass. But, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Feigen, uh, you know, earlier this week in our chat, we were talking about uh, Freaks and Geeks. And, you know, Paul is one of the creators of that, uh, that brilliant program. So, um, you know, a lot of news. Uh, well, that, that wasn't news. That was news from you guys or from the ghoul. But, um, you know, there's some news about Dark Army and what's going on there. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and hopefully uh, this thing can get some, uh, some steam behind it because uh, it sounds interesting to me. Yeah, I'd love to see them get something off the ground with that, you know, like, I think it's, 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 I know they've beaten a lot of this stuff into the ground. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's been fucking a thousand Frankensteins, thousand Dracula type things. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a lot of these types of characters and stuff, but you know, I do still think there, there's ways to, explore either the characters or the themes of those, those characters stories um, and so forth. But again, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not sure with you. I'd like to see something happen with those. It seemed like there was a lot of projects all at once. And then the mummy came out and kind of fucked it all up. You know, there was going to be a Thank Frankenstein feature. <laughs> no, really. You destroyed the dark universe, you dick. But then again, I mean, all those dick. universes got destroyed. They wanted, to, they wanted to make one around the house of uh, the house on Haunted Hill, Dark Castle universe. But then that tank was like, well, fuck, can't do that now. <laughs> Guys got to stop trying so hard with these fucking remakes. They don't well, do even well. that, that, that dark universe was also originally supposed to start with uh, Dracula Untold. You know, so, so that mm-hmm. was kind of built on, on bad terms to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, but again, again, uh, like, like, Dracula musical. Uh, <laughs> die, die, I can't. <laughs> and this is what happens. Well, and this is why we don't let the ghoul listen to Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> Ooh, he's watching Sir Sarah Marshall. He's watching <laughs> kind of hard to Things are going to get better. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, this, this next film is not a, a horror movie, but we have talked about it on the show, and we talked about it recently because of the massive uh, Netflix mega deal uh, for the sequels. But uh, just a little note about Knives Out as uh, the sequel stuff starts to ramp up, that uh, some casting uh, has been announced. I guess he was in the first one, but it was announced that Dave Batista is returning uh, to Knives Out, and uh, Edward what? Norton has signed on to join, join the uh, to join the cast for for, for Dave the Batista, or at least the first sequel. What's that? Dave Batista. That's what I said. He wasn't well, in the he first wasn't one. In, he wasn't oh, in the original. I'm sorry, but I thought I read that as returning. So I guess then he's joining yeah. the cast too. I read it. I guess I must have misread. I thought it said returning. Yeah, he yeah. yeah he wasn't in the original like the ghoul said, but this is a new cast edition, and you know me, I'm for anything that has John Batista. So fuck yeah, John John Batista. You mean Dave? John Batista. Exactly. John Batista. Wait, did they make? No one expects this position. 
No, apparently not. Yeah, it's, it's seeing more casting announcements soon for Knives Out too. Uh, Edward Norton, like you said, Janelle Monet, Dave Bautista, or John Bautista, if you're feeling Randy. Uh, but no, it'll be fun. Let's see who if you're, else, you know joins. What if if you're, if you're feeling Randy Orton? Is that what you said? Jeez. Yeah, well, because it's not even <laughs> puns. This guy with the puns. <laughs> I do my, I do what I work with. But anyway, uh, <laughs> go ahead and continue. So we got. <laughs> what right. else do we have? <laughs> Speaking of Batista, we know that on Saturday, the fourteenth. Army of the Dead is going to hit the movie theaters uh, for its one-week run, and uh, that's going to culminate with Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead uh, being released onto Netflix on the 21st. Uh, But the Army of the Dead team and Netflix have announced that uh, tomorrow there is going to be on the Netflix YouTube channel uh, a live stream, an intimate live stream Army of the Dead event. Uh, they said that, uh, that you will have the opportunity to be a part of the, uh, the unlocking of the first 15 minutes of Army of the Dead. It said literally you're going to have to help take part in the digging. I don't know what that means. Uh, but they said once it's unlocked, uh, the first 15 minutes of Army of the Dead uh, will be available to watch on the Netflix YouTube channel for 32 hours, uh, which is the window of time uh, that the team is, has in the movie uh, for their Vegas mission. Uh, on this live stream event, there's going to be appearances by Snyder and Batista and the rest of the cast. So, um, you know, there's that event tomorrow for you if you're so into the release of Army of the Dead that you want to take part in some fun like this. Um, I am not going to because I don't do these kinds of live events. Uh, I think it's cool that they're going to put the first 15 minutes, but with uh, the movie so close uh, to being on Netflix, I'm not going to watch the first 15 minutes. I'm just going to wait a week and, and watch it next weekend, uh, which, as I've said before, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, related. Uh, I barely like watching of trailers, the so there's no way I'm watching a 15-minute fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah, 15 no, of minute course. footage I didn't of think the fucking film. Chance, <laughs> I didn't think there was any chance of, uh, of that happening uh, for you there. Uh, cool, I know you don't, you're not into that stuff. But uh, with some other... Uh, you know, there, there's as the Army of the Dead uh, production rolled on, there was talk about other uh, other uh, material uh, taking place in the Army of the Dead universe, and there was some more details uh, released about that. That there's going to be a there's going to be uh, a prequel anime series uh, that is going to be called Army of the Dead Lost Vegas, but there's also going to oh. be a live action a live action prequel movie uh, called Army of Thieves. And this, this particular prequel is going to be focused on uh, Matthias uh, Schweigfelder, uh, his character in Army oh, of the Dead. Oh, he sounds like an Irish uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> his character in Army of the Dead is named, is named Diter, and uh, the prequel Army of Thieves is going to be focusing on his character, and that is going to be uh, a heist of impossible-to-crack safes uh, across Europe, so uh, no timetable on when we might see those, but but those are some some additional information on these previously announced Army of the Dead related projects. I know cool. the King of Horror is very much looking forward to uh, to this. 
Dude, he's going to be the first one on there trying to break the code and get into this fucking 15 minutes. I always line it up to go to the theater for it, man. He can talk shit about the movie all he wants. He's going to love it. <laughs> I would do it if I could talk to Zack Snyder. So I'd be like, you suck, Snyder. And, just, like, <laughs> and then punch him in the face. <laughs> Is there something sucking my dick in this room right now? Is there somebody that's talking about my genius in this room right now? Yeah, that's me. You suck, Snyder. Killed that fucking Romero movie, and you know it. Suck. Go back to whatever you were doing. Wow, that's a passionate fan. I know he loves me. No. <laughs> I'm not blowing you, Snyder. Sorry. I'll go to the fanboys. Guys. You want to blow him, you know it. The wrong dog. I want to blow him. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> It'll be the 14th before you know it. You can all watch Norman's Dead and watch his $90 million spectacle. I hope it's worth every penny. All right, so what else you got, Dean? Did you lose him again? All right. That's tonight. Wow. He just keeps bumping okay. all over the place tonight. I don't know what's I don't know what's happening, but I'm here. It's very quick for me to get back on. I just gotta hit the button on my Google voice, but I don't know what's going on. But anyway, uh we talked recently about the the digital realm that the team behind Mystery Science Theater three thousand is hoping to create. I'm here to tell you that they have reached their initial financial fundraising goal that will allow them to produce a full season of Mystery Science Theater episodes, and they've announced the first two Episodes one is going to feature 1993 film Robot Wars. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that, but that shit's fucking ridiculous. I've yep. seen that shit a long time ago. It's the sequel to Robot And then also job. something, uh, yeah, something, something from 2019 called Demon Squad. I don't, I'm, that one I'm not familiar with. <laughs> not Monster Squad. <laughs> not Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> For them, I mean that's pretty good stuff. I think it was like six million dollars or something that they raised to unlock the whole season. So that's a pretty fucking good fan base. I mean, I'm not a fan of the, the revival at all. I just can't get into it. I like my old school Mike J. Nelson, my old Servo and Crow. But that fan base comes alive when you want them to. And then they got the money, they got the funds, they got the power. So good for them. I won't be watching. Should be fun. Yeah, dude. I- <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I was not enjoying any of the reboots, you know, after the original seasons that were going on. Just pleasantly, you know, or unpleasantly surprised at just how bad the re- remakes were. Just just didn't have the same energy as the original series. No, and also Crow and Servo sound exactly the same. Like, there's no way to tell them apart when they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have the same voice. Like, you got to have somebody that sounds a little bit different. So, you know, okay, that's a girl yeah. making a joke or that's But, no, they sound exactly the same. And, and Jonah Ray, I do appreciate some of his stuff stand-up-wise. But, man, his riffs are just bad. They just fall flat every time. Like, he, just, he tries to do it so quick. Like, he's just trying to whip them out real fast. Like, quick, quick, quick. I'm like, no, you got to let it run a little bit. You know, let the movie play out. It'll, it'll do its job for you. You don't have to jump in with the joke every time. Yeah, yeah I have to agree with <laughs> You know, I, now see, uh, now here's here's the big question. We obviously know that that none of us here are fans of the of the new guy. But mm-hmm. were you guys a Mike fan or a Joel fan? I was a Mike. Uh, 
<laughs> See, me, I was just kind of, honestly, I was just neutral dependent on the actual episode. Like, it, it, for me, it was just the quality of the actual episode. I, I, I wasn't either one. Okay, okay. So, see, for yeah. me, similar to the King, I was a Mike fan. Like, you know, like, I could accept, like, the quality of, like, the, the film or the overall, you know, the overall quality of the episode. But if it was Mike, it still always, like, ratcheted it up for me a little bit, man. I just, I enjoyed his, his sense of humor and his quips and his dynamic with, uh, with Crow and Servo um, more than I did Joel. Typically, if I saw Joel in an episode, I probably was more likely to change the channel as well. Yeah, hmm. I, I like the fact that you said about Turbo and Crow, they uh, they used to beat up on Mike all the time about being from Wisconsin. So they'd always come <laughs> like a loser, Wisconsin, and how he would go to parties in the '80s and he'd be standing by himself and he'd get beat up by the guy in band with one punch. <laughs> he starts getting upset. He wasn't that bad, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Just yelling, go Packers, every single time they played a movie from Wisconsin. Like, it, just, it was just so much funnier. <laughs> like and cheese. Joel's very dry. <laughs> Cheesehead United, like, you know, like giant spider invasion every single time there's a guy on the screen. Go Packers! <laughs> yeah, it just, it got McLeod. Me Joel's just too dry. <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> cheese. McLeod. <laughs> cheese. What else you got, dude? Uh, so, the new Scream film uh, that we're not going to see until January of 2022, uh, Courtney Cox uh, says that this new Scream film, uh, it's not a reboot. It's not a remake. And it's also not a sequel. Uh, she calls it a relaunch, a new franchise. And she said that this one is a is hip and it's scary and it's scream. Uh, so Courtney Cox wants you to know that. Um, and in addition to that, as I've said before, uh, that they have like alternate scripts around and on set, uh, you know, to keep mm -hmm. things as a tactic to keep things as, as secret. So uh, there could, you know, if information about what's going on is to leak, uh, nobody knows if it's the actual uh, truth that might get leaked. But uh, Courtney Cox says to be looking forward to something very hip and fresh. So if that makes you excited for the fifth Scream film, uh, there, there you go. There you have it. Somebody sounds like they're a producer. <laughs> you know it's an executive producer credit, not a producer credit. That's executive producer credit. That's oh, you're right. Yeah, that's executive. That's when you can say, like, it's going to be hip, it's going to be new, it's going to be fresh, it's going to be finger snap, finger snap, finger snap, nuts buzz work. You know, that type of thing. You know, it's like, excited about it. But, yeah, if you want to make it fresh and new, kill everybody at the beginning of the movie. Just one big fucking massacre. Dewey and Gale and Sydney X them out. That's how you can, that's the only way you can make it fresh. That's the only way you can make it new, is that they get X'd out at the beginning of the movie. Because otherwise it's you're just making a stream movie. Didn't work in H2O. Yeah, well, not a lot worse than H2O. Mercenary Sanders. But no, you've got to kill them off all the beginning if you want to make it new. If you want to make this the new vision of Scream, which I agree, they should do a new vision, kill them off. We don't need them anymore. They're old and they've had their time. You know, it's time for them to go. I'll let the new cast take over. But 
if you're going to have them in the entire movie, which I'm pretty sure they're probably going to do, that's just Scream 5. It's not the new hip, hot, sexy, fresh vision for 2022. I, uh, don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say it was going to be sexy, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sure the Courtney Cox in an interview will say that it's definitely sexy. Just to, you know, get that teenage crowd in there. Not you, but oh, you will. I think it's hot. I mean, the one thing I'm going to say, though, is, is, I mean, like, you know, you're saying, like, yeah, you think there should be a, you know, a new new generation of Scream, this and that. But they tried that with the MTV show, and yep, that and kind of fell by the wayside. And, you know, sadly, you know, I mean, again, I can't, I can't speak to whatever uh, the, the, the last season of that show was, Um but I do know that I, I did enjoy very much the uh, the first season of the show. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like it definitely had potential. Unfortunately, when we hit, I think, I think it was the second season that we, uh, it's when we started kind of falling into watching too many things at the same time. And that, that became a I mean, and with that series, I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I appreciated what they were doing, though. They were doing something new with it, like a new mask, a new killer, they were trying different things, so they weren't trying to do Scream. They were using the title, they were using that energy of Scream, but they were doing something new, and that's not what people want all the time. Some people just like the original. Just like in Scream 4, don't fuck with the original. So don't fuck with the good stuff that's already there. If it's not fixed, don't, you know, fix it. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it, I should say. But no, you know, make a Scream 5. Yeah, well, I mean, know, if, just, if it's already fixed, you don't need to fix it. So, so yeah, that, that equates to being not broke. To his wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say something. I fucked it up. But no, it's just, I'm still going to go see it either way. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. But I just, I hate it when they're like, oh, it's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. Like, you know, come on, guys. It's Scream for a new generation, 2022. I don't want that. Give me my Dewey. Give me my Stu. You know, give me my, you know, my Ghostface mask, and I'm good. That's all oh, I need perhaps, you know. Perhaps the idea of this spin on it, and by stating it in the, the cheesy fashion in which they're doing so, is, is kind of mm-hmm. in its own way a little bit of an homage as to what everybody thought the original Scream was going to be. Because, you know, I know when that film was coming out in theaters, it was being touted from the start as like, you know, the resurgence of the horror film. It, yeah, it absolutely was. The new breath uh, for slasher films, which had died by that point, and, you know, when it was released. But I also like the fact that they're doing the different scripts, and they're not all the same, and they're different to confuse people, because that's what happened. That script by Aaron Kruger got leaked very early on, and they're like, "Fuck, we fucked up, dude!" Like it got out there on the internet. Like, what are we gonna do? And they're like, "Well, we just have to make the movie." Like, it's fucking ruined for some people that read that script online. So. To do different ones, I think that's the best way to do it. So nobody knows what exactly version you're going to get. I think it's just the smartest way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I never had any of them spoiled for me, thankfully. I just never liked the third movie. Oh, the third one's atrocious. I mean, it's hmm. horrible. I would have rather that movie yep. been ruined for me. I would love to have read that script first. but like, now, nah, man, I'm not going to see that fucking third one. He's got a half-brother now? Like, what the fuck is this? You're in Hollywood? No, thank you. <laughs> Good old Roman. I went and saw Yeah, oh, no. Roman, holy, no. That whole movie was a fucking train wreck. But, uh, so, yeah, that'll be screen coming in 2022. So, what else do you have? Uh, we've been talking so much lately, you know, pretty much over the last year and a half, is 
uh, the world has been shut down for a big part of that and how some studios have looked for more creative ways to get their, their movies to the people, whether it's through, uh, you know, releasing just to streaming or, uh, you know, the streaming theatrical same day timeline. But uh, there might be like a big shift in uh, theatrical windows because Cinemark has signed a five-year contract now with five major studios uh, to formally shorten the theatrical window. Terms uh, are not yet public, uh, but uh, they're calling this something that could be game-changing in the industry. Now, uh, the four new studios are Warner Brothers, Walt Disney, Paramount, and Sony. Uh, Cinemark had previously uh, inked this same deal or a similar deal with Universal back in November. Now, the terms of that deal with Universal uh, are that uh, theatrical movies uh, will have a 17-day theatrical window before they can be put to any streaming services uh, with uh, the one notation that if one of these theatrical films hits uh, $50 million on the opening weekend, uh, then that 17-day window automatically turns into a 31-day window or at least five full uh, weekends. Uh, so now they've inked five-year contracts uh, with, you know, Warner Brothers, Walt Disney, Paramount, and Sony. And while, like I said, uh, the terms like what is known with the Universal deal are not known yet, I would imagine it's going to be something similar. But, you know, we'll have those details, I'm sure, sometime in the near future. But I was just reading about that earlier today, um, you know, as the, the theatrical versus streaming world continues to become blended or um, conjoined or, blended, or, or, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it. It's interesting. Let's we'll see how it plays out. You know, I mean, that's an interesting certain amount, like, whether it stays or whether it goes to streaming. But, you know, we're in a whole new world. We got non-fungible tokens now where you can just basically take somebody's movie and do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, Kilroy was here and Nicodemus. You know, all these NFT movies coming out. So who knows? It's a whole new, you know, world for cinema. You know, it's kind of exciting, I mean, I kind think, of strange at the same time. I mean, I, you know, you, you all know how I feel about you know, the movie theaters, obviously. I, I love them. I adore them. I cannot wait to get back to, to movie theaters. Um, you know, but I do actually, I, I can kind of appreciate that approach in which, you know what I mean? If a, if a film is making bank and it's doing well in theaters, then then let it stay there, you know, especially if these, these big studios are going to be on board with that. Uh, you know, on, on the other flip side, though, there's been plenty of times where a movie will have a theatrical release, that maybe I'll be interested in seeing, but just not either capable of getting to the theater or not wanting to, to like not feeling like it's a theatrical worthy movie based on like my opinion of said film. Um, and then there's times where it takes forever for that movie to get released digitally or, or any other, mm-hmm. other means. Um, to this day, I'm still waiting for Becky to release digitally. You know, like that film just has not been, it's not available to purchase yet, you know, on Xbox. And I really enjoyed that movie and I'm looking forward to seeing it again, but he still can't just buy it, um, you know, which is, which is kind of a, a bummer. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like the approach and yeah, I want to see butts in seats again. You know, we've been having grumbles here trying to figure out, you know, what, what we may go see for the first uh, first time, you know, in the theaters, but we have not solidified anything yet. We'll let you know for sure. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I breath will be waiting. Yeah, I know Halloween Kills. I think will be my first time back. Not sure. I'm not sure what the summer holds, but I know definitely Halloween Kills. I'll be in the theater for that one. 
I, I can't miss that one either. Didn't miss the first one in 2018. I can miss this one. Whether it's good or not, that's going to remain to be seen. But I need the theater again, just like you said, cool. I just need that again. I need to sit in the fucking theater around people, box of popcorn, you know, soda, and just enjoying a theater experience. You can't get that at home. So I'm really hoping to tell you the truth. Give a fuck about the people. I don't want to be around the people. I just want that larger than life feeling of being in the theater, the gigantic screen, the surround sound everywhere, you know, like feeling like every little thing is crawling on your shoulder or it's sneaking up behind you. And, you know, I'm looking up at this thing and these people are gigantic in front of me, you know, the world of fucking Hollywood, man, or wherever the hell they're making movies these days. Uh, you know, Georgia. Atlanta. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the feeling that I, I cannot wait to get back to. I agree. I agree with that too. I just I like going to see a horror movie in the theaters with people because they're not That's on my level. Fun. They're not jaded. I agree, and I, I think like that. Uh, for, oh, go ahead, King. Finish your thought. No, That's it. I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, so I think I'm gonna. You know, I haven't obviously been back to theaters. My local small theater in town has not yet opened, but like the marquee uh, up top on top of the theater recently changed to "We'll see you soon." Uh, so they're probably planning to reopen, but uh, I might wait and maybe make uh, Halloween uh, my first my first film back to the theater. Uh, that might be my plan. Yeah, that's what I'm planning. Yeah, good choice. But, yeah. Oh, you know you're going to the Army of the Dead this week. Don't lie, King. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> not you, Dean. I know you're not. The King is. I'm avoiding that like marriage. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to see it. Jack Snyder and, and robot zombies, uh, I'm, I'm just not going to see it. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to see it. <laughs> All right, yeah, so what else you got, Dean? Two weeks from now, King's going to be like, that was the most genius zombie movie I've ever yeah. seen. King's going to be like, I had a boner. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I had a necrotic heart. <laughs> I always have a boner. Um, <laughs> I guess... Uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about, I was reading, um, and this is an interesting one um, that brought up a lot of different thoughts for me, but uh, Legendary Entertainment has secured the rights and are going to be producing a reimagining of Faces of Death. Um, obviously, huh? we all know Faces of Death, uh, the you know original documentary-style film uh, hosted by Dr. Francis B. Gross and where he was sharing footage uh, with us uh, from around the world of what was sold to us as being actual footage of, of death um, that led to, you know, many sequels uh, over the years. Uh, so uh, Ethan Mazay and Dan Goldhaber, uh, the duo behind 2018's Cam, are going to be writing and directing, and the plot that they gave out says that uh, there is going to be a female lead uh, who is the host of a YouTube uh, on a a show on a YouTube-like site. Uh, I'm sorry, she's a moderator on a YouTube-like video site, and her job is to weed out offensive and violent content. Uh, She's also suffering um, from her own, uh, she's recovering from her own trauma, uh, but she stumbles upon a group of people that are recreating the murders from the original Faces of Death film. Um, and 
because of the modern age of digital manipulation and misinformation, uh, it needs to be determined whether these murders that are being filmed are real or if they're fake. So that is the loose plot of the Faces of Death reimagining. Ah, that's a stretch. That, that, yeah. Yeah, look, so right off the bat, I just want to say, and I'm, I'm going to guess that most of you, if not all of you, have had similar experiences, but like Faces of Death to me is one of those things, and I was thinking a lot about this, it's one of those things to me today that uh, when I think about it, is just the kind of thing that the internet um, has uh, rendered moot. Uh, you know, Faces of Death was like this, and yes, you can go into the video store and get it, but it was like this this thing that was talked about kind of quietly amongst movie nerds and horror nerds, like, oh, have you seen this Faces of Death? Is it real? Like, like it just felt like something like wrong, like something bad. Like, yes, it was a movie, but something that you were not supposed to be watching. And like, I feel like if you, like, if you or one of your friends saw it, like, you would, you would like get together and talk about it in like hushed tones. And you know, the the massive uh, information speed dump, like of the internet with everything in the entire universe being available at, at in your pocket, essentially, um, you know, makes for that kind of word of mouth discussion, uh, feelings surround it, like not possible. Like you can go on the internet right now and watch real life atrocities from all around the world, like from the victims of, of war or videos that Mexican cartels have posted of them, like dismembering disloyal victims and, and whatnot. Like I've seen horrific shit on the internet. Like there was all those sites, um, like rotten.com. And I don't remember what the other one was that had all kinds of crazy violent shit. Like the internet is like a, like a, like a, like a sensory overload of anything you want to see. And like, that wasn't the case in 1987 or 1988 around the years when I was seeing that stuff. And I just feel like, like uh, that's how I, and, and I'm not talking about the sequels, of course. I'm talking about my experiences, like finally getting an opportunity to see the original Faces of Death, and holy shit, I can't believe I'm finally watching it, and oh my god, the monkey brain, and, and the fucking parachute into the alligators, and oh my god. And like the dog. Oh, fucking, there's a guy getting killed by the bear. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that was fucking intense, crazy shit, and it had like that weird, uh, you know, that weird kind of aura around it. And, you know, it just, it, just, it just makes me feel like everything, every fucking property gets commodified um, these days. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, like, it just, it just, that's a particular one that just like, it's like a certain kind of thing. And it's not a matter of like, oh, this is so beloved from my childhood. I can't believe they're remaking it. They're ruining my childhood. It's not that at all. Like, that's not a part of it. Um, it's just that kind of mysterious, like, aura surrounding it. You know, that just, I don't know, it just makes me feel weird to see it as just like a, like a property title. I don't, know. I don't know. I guess that's my thought about it. Well, also, like you said, man, the other thing, though, is, you know, we, you know, we didn't have everything in our face. Everything was an instant. You know, we had time for the information to digest, the information to pass, you know, word of mouth, you know, along people. The thing is, everything now is coming to you so fast that anything that's intense is forgotten five minutes later. It's like there's no time for anything really big to sink in like this stuff did when we were younger. It's like, you know, nothing has the time to, you know, digest and become urban legend because, again, 
an, an, a bigger, brighter thing has come along and, you know, gotten people's attention now. Dude, that's within like a fucking 30 seconds, man, when you're dealing with the internet. You know, I still own, you know, proudly my, my VHS copy of uh, Faces of Death 2 in the, uh, in the clamshell case and all. Um, you know, like I, I've said a thousand times, I stole it from my old man years ago and he just, he never got it back. Um, you know, it just it stayed within my collection, and it is it is like one thing that like I make sure is always in a safe spot wherever I take it with me, just because of you know what it means to me as far as you know taking it from my old man now that he's he's passed on, and uh, but also you know what it meant to me from like a film standpoint, you know, because again I remember watching that shit as a kid, completely thinking that everything I was seeing there was real, completely thinking that you know everything I was watching there was like you know was taboo. It was like it wasn't that I was wasn't supposed to be seeing it it was more like oh fuck this is the kind of shit that's really good that can happen to people out in the world that fucking sucks um and like hoping you know for god's sake that it never happens to me uh i mean obviously i didn't think i was going to be a monkey in a fucking table getting hammers hit on my head but uh you know again hey. guy more by bear <laughs> fucking guy falling out of a car car accident shit but yeah you know like i've watched fucking videos on the, the internet chair. too where the electric chair you know but uh, there was, like, that one fucking guy who took a header off of a fucking water tower in, like, Mexico or some shit. And it's, like, it's it's as real as real can fucking get. But, man, you, you just don't want it to be. Like, that's how real it is, you know? It's like, holy fuck, man, that's, that shouldn't look that, that way, you know? Um, same way I felt, like, when I watched the fucking guy that, uh, one of the fucking, you know, many guys that, decided to fucking kill themselves with a shotgun to the head. You know, for, for all the people that want to talk about shit like, uh, hey, the movies, you know, that doesn't really happen that way, this and that. You know what, man? Sometimes it fucking does because that head, that fucking dude's head pretty much fucking exploded and it ripped his upper fucking body apart and everything. And the only fucking thing in the room with him, the poor guy, was his fucking chihuahua who you see come walking in through the fucking background and you're just like, holy fuck, man, that poor fucking dog's got to deal with that shit. That's just wrong yeah i i I get the the humor in it but man you know what when i watched it dude it fucking was just like holy fuck man um but yeah obviously i I don't think there's any way they're ever going to be able to recreate that so if they're going to go into it with this whole thing being the idea of it being fiction then really why open up the door again you know because the idea of the original faces of death was the reality not the fiction yeah, agreed, man. It's like, uh, you know, uh, again, it's just people like, you know, the king's brought it up all the time. Is like, you know, this sounds like an original idea. It should be an original project under an original name. Instead, they're just going to sit there and use this name to to get, you know, butts in seats. Do it all the so, you know, I mean, obviously a theatrical, you know, if that, if that was, I don't think that's going to happen with this, though. This is going to be like one of them straight to home fucking video types of deals or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. encompasses, you know, digital, the digital age. Mm-hmm. Okay, dude. Never else we're getting to the movie tonight. Nah, man, I saved that one for last. I love that <laughs> we watched all these trailers. Okay, and three minutes of the new Saw movie, and none of yeah. that, none of that came up at all, man. As it happens, all right, but we'll up. talk about it next. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Monkey, uh, you picked the movie this week, scared away from 2001. Hey, oh, Mizuzaki's movie. 
right. Yeah. So spirited away. Yeah, when getting lost on the way to their new home, Shahiro and her family must take an ancient Shinto gate as an abandoned theme park. A Shinto gate which pulls them from the modern world of the modern and comfortable to a mystical world of the bewildering and the unknown. A world where your name is a magical bond which means everything, and if you forget it, you forget yourself. So this is the story of her journey as she must try to survive on her own in a world of ancient gods, forgotten spirits, and powerful witches in order to save her parents from becoming the next course and a dinner for the gods. For me, yeah, th- this movie is just simply immortal. Um, this, this film is one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies of all time. I love Miyazaki's animation style, uh, the beautiful world that he builds. I, but I also love how this is definitely not a Disney film. No one breaks out into song, you know, all at the same time, and you're not going to see someone dying because they fell off of a cliff. Okay, um, the difference is Ghibli films are not afraid to teach its viewers about remembering and respecting nature, you know, and remembering and respecting your history and remembering and respecting the gods of the past. And it's not afraid to show you the consequences if you don't. Looking at you, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> but yeah, I have way more to say about this film. I could like, you know, be on the pulp of the entire episode, but I'm not gonna. All right, well, we're just gonna work it into the episode. But yeah, again, yeah. Love this movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ghoul, what do you think about Spirit of the Way? Uh, I mean, I've been singing this movie's praises for years, man. Um, by and far, yeah, same same as Monkey. I mean, for me, my, my favorite Miyazaki film is Howl's Moving Castle. Um, this is the, uh, the following, you know, as far as the, the movies go. Though, you know what, Pompoko kind of... Uh, has risen high. I mean, you can't go wrong when you got raccoons that use their fucking magical Pum-po? balls to do shit. <laughs> when I say they're magical balls, I don't mean like playing balls. I mean their fucking testicles are magical <sighs> ball bags testicles? in which they do fucking crazy shit. Yes, yeah. testicles. Their ball bags are used for magical purposes. It is fucking fantastic and some of the funniest fucking shit you'll ever see. Um, highly recommended. It is on HBO Max as well. Uh, but yes, yeah, Spirited Away, man. It's a uh, it's an Academy Award winning film. It's uh, a great story. It's you know both the dub and I've I've watched years ago. I watched the you know the original dialogue as well. Um, yeah, there's there's really not much to to really say except that I love this movie. So you know it's always fun to watch it. Thank you, Monkey. Oh, cool, man. All right, gentlemen. Uh, Dean, what do you think about Spirited Away? I have never seen Spurred Away before, nor any of the other testicle movies that the ghoul was just talking about. Now, <laughs> that being said, you know, this was, uh, this was some beautiful animation and uh, an interesting story. Um, you know, I had some, uh, like, issues, like, just like, with some of, like, the higher-pitched sounds and my ears wanting to themselves but I thought that the animation was beautiful uh, this is one of those that I truly wish I would have seen uh, back in the days of my um, eating of psychedelic drugs uh, like if I had stumbled upon this one evening on the TV um, I would probably have thought this was the greatest thing uh, that I'd ever seen uh, in in my life um, 
with that being said, like, this is just, you know, and, and we've had other animated things in anime previously. It's just, you know, it's, it's just like, it's like not really my thing. Um, but I watched it. Um, I'm glad I had the opportunity to see it because I have heard about this before. And, and someone just said that this, this, this was a Academy Award winning. It won mm-hmm. Academy Awards. Yes. Right, yep. So that's, that's why I knew it. As soon as, yeah. As soon as you said the, uh, as soon as you said the title last week, monkey, I was like, Oh, like I know that title, you know, like I knew it. So, um, so yeah, spirited away. Glad I had the mm-hmm. opportunity to see it. All right, King. <laughs> Let's our, go. Our resident cartoon lover. <laughs> Balls and testicles. Uh, There were no testicles involved in this movie. (laughs) I'll try to keep it as safe as I can. Uh, Listen, Uh, Monkey, I know he's excited about Spirit of the Way. You know that the ghoul is excited about Spirit of the Way because they love these type of movies. They're they're fans. You know, they vibe on them. They dig them. He told me on Friday, when you watch it, just go in with a clear head, but think about it like a David Lynch movie. Like, nothing's going to make sense, but it's going to be good. Uh, I went into this movie, that perception, and no, you know what? You're wrong, because David Lynch movies are fucking entertaining. (laughs) I watched David Lynch movie any day of the week over this movie. I I can't even say I hated it. I cannot believe that this movie had the audacity to be two fucking hours. That is too much. It was, it felt like four hours. Like, I, I tried to sit there. I'm like, you know what? Open mind, open mind, dude. I know you don't like anime, but you can make it through this. Like, you can do it. And I was like, there, just, there's no story here. I had no idea. I looked at Wikipedia the entire time. I'm like, when did that happen? Who is this person? Like, why, what, what is this thing? Like, I, I, I was so glad it was over there. I had never been so happy a movie was over my entire life. Like, as soon as those, that weird fucking song hit and the credits rolled, I was like, man, I did it. I made it uh, like four hours of my life. I can never get back. You know, but like, it just it just reinforced the idea I don't like anime. It just it was just nothing made sense. Nothing. It was just like people throwing shit at the screen, going, "Well, that'll make sense later." But it never it like never happened. Like, you, oh, it's just like what was with the guy who just kept forcing a girl to eat food while she cried. He's like, "Yeah, take it, take it. You're hungry." I was like, "That food usually makes sadness feel better." But no, she was she fucking stopping. She's like, no, you need to eat. And like, I'm like, dude, is he jacking it right now? Because he's fucking really excited to see this girl eat every single time. She's like, I don't want to. He's like, no, eat it. You'll feel better. And she's like, I don't want to. He's like, you will. And then she has to get a fucking job and live as an indentured servant in a fucking bathhouse? I was like, what What am I not seeing in this movie? Where it's really beautiful and it's about respecting nature. I was like, no, it's about a girl that can't stop fucking screaming for two hours going, oh, my God every fucking three seconds, and then a guy with a fucking Christopher Columbus haircut shows up, and he's like, oh, you got to work now, because that's what we do. And then there's a giant woman who fucking has three gigantic fit head green heads going, oi, 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 for fucking no reason. Like, I was like what <laughs> is this? I was, like, I was like, it's not even, I don't even hate this movie. Like, nobody could be like, you know, I hated that fucking movie. I was so confused. By the end, of, I had no idea what was going on. I was like, there's a guy named No Face who shows up, and then he just eats a lot. And then he just fucking hangs out, and then he's just gone. And like, uh, why was there a big fucking baby that like just was afraid of the dark? And it was like, a, like, it was something else. Like, I was, I just no, I don't get it. I was like, you know what? These guys love that, and I will never take it away from you guys. I'm glad that you love it. I'm glad that you vibe on it. But that movie was the most confusing two hours I've ever spent. And I've seen Mulholland Drive in the theater, and that movie confused me less. 
in the spirit of the way. So I will try to interject my thoughts here and there, but man, I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Like, why were they, they, they turned the page? Get... <laughs> okay. Well, did, did you, uh, that's why I just want to ask the king if when, uh, when, uh, Chicharo was, um, on flying on that, uh, like dragon form, uh, did you get, uh, never ending story vibes? <laughs> I, I, I zoned out and I had no idea what just happened. Like all of a sudden she was crying and flying and then all of a sudden they were going into a free fall. I'm like, oh, my God, it was that fucking kid that likes to force feed her food and make her watch. I'm like, oh, he was a dragon. Like, and I just, why were there paper things? Like, what's the paper things? Like, the paper airplanes? Like, I, I, I'm fucking loving this, dude. I told you. I told you, man. It's, I told you it was going to be confusing as fuck like a David Lynch movie. I fucking love this. Okay, well, before we get to anything else, let's see here. Okay, I just want to sit there and let the ghoul know that this was not my original pick for this week, okay? This was actually my secondary pick because I couldn't find a free link. My original pick, you know, was going to be Yuratsuki Doji, Legend of the Overfeet. Oh, that one. Oh, and, man. Right? And, I know. And, and, and I know the ghoul knows that one. <laughs> Yuratsuki Doji, Legend of the Overfeet. That no, was going to no be idea. my original pick. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Was it available? But, yeah, the, you know I never have a problem purchasing anything. I think that's the name of the well, song that those well, three dudes outside the fortune cookie yeah. shop are singing in The Last Dragon. <laughs> well, it's just, then we'll be done another <laughs> week. the I name mean, of the three yeah. guys the fucking uh, yeah. Sid Hagans. <laughs> well, yeah, you, because Yuratsuki Doji is actually like the, credited as the first anime to involve tentacle porn. So that's why I wanted to pick it, you know. But um, but yeah. <laughs> so, but instead, we did this because again, like I said, we were going with um, horror inspired, not straight up horror. Because again, it's the thing about you know th- this is the thing about Studio Ghibli movies, and that's what we're going to keep calling it. Even though I just learned that the proper way to say it is Jabuti. All right, but we're going to sit there. You know, like I watched a video and how Miyazaki actually said that's how you say it, but we're but to avoid douchebag, but to avoid douchebaggery, we're just gonna say Ghibli, <laughs> like everyone's been doing for the past thirty years. Uh, and yeah, that's the thing about like Ghibli, Ghibli movies, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but that is the thing about Ghibli movies is they are always about remembering the old gods, remembering nature, and doing your bit to preserve them. You know, and heavy, heavy, you know, insights into Shinto. And the Shinto gods and remembering them as well, you know. So th- that's why we have at the beginning of the movie, you're, you're driving up and you have the tiny little houses that are sitting on the side of the road, and those are supposed to be little houses that people are supposed to put out for the, the local spirits. But then <clears throat> we we um, get get to. Mm, the totem, if you will, you know, at the beginning of the movie. And that there is another Shinto spirit that is supposed to protect guardians along the way. It's supposed to be blocking you from taking the wrong path, you know. So to this day, you will still find them on the side of the road in Japan, right? But because Chihiro's parents, you know, are stubborn as fuck and don't want to listen to a kid because they got a four-wheel drive, they're thinking, okay, well, we're going to ignore everything that she's saying, and we're going to go past the Guardian and go check out this abandoned amusement park. 
which turns out to some for some reason be also be a train station. Okay. And what the hell? I'm so confused. I just like I'm in there and like, Yeah, let's go. She's like, No, I'm sitting in the car. Like just let her sit in the car. She's so annoying. Like I hope she gets killed by a fucking shit show guy. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to remember something here. Okay. You know, the, the the idea is is the spell is cast upon them the moment they enter the tunnel and go through. Um, so when he's saying it's an amusement park, it's this and that, they're already um by that point. Uh, that's why at the end of the movie, Haku tells her not to turn around until she's through the tunnel. Um, when the spell will be fully, you know, completely completely out of that that realms you know, magic whatsoever. I think the idea that you're also getting through her parents is that they're very, they're very Americanized. Um, it's almost like this movie tries to play like, you know, the, the two sides to, to Japan, um, in which you have the old world with these gods and spirits, and then this, this newer world, post-World War II, in which, you know, like, just specifically, you know, you look at the father, and he's got, like, you know, that very Americanized look with the haircut and everything. He's driving an Audi. Um, he's talking about having credit cards and money and, you know, just very, very Western-style, you know, ideals. Um, you know, so it's a... Uh, it's what I think is really at the heart of this story is in which, you know, we have a character who's beginning with, you know, obviously the, the, the main tale is, is the little girl who is trying to, to find her way and acclimate to new things and to learn how to accept responsibility. And, and it's not her so much as growing up. We're not watching her grow up as much as we're just watching her, coming you know, age. accept that this is what she has to do. Um, you know, her, her mission, so to say. But what we're also seeing is, is the difference between, you know, the idea of, of servitude and serving a greater cause versus serving ourselves, which is, you know, very much what American culture is about. Yeah. Yeah, but we know the but kid after didn't see any of that in this movie. Yeah, apparently. No. But after, but after they go through the gate, though, okay, is when you sit there and get Hal Miyazaki at his best, and sitting there painting these large landscapes with these large skies, you know, and you know, large fields. You know, this is a big thing in anime. You know, it's like because the research was saying that you know this is a big thing about Hal Miyazaki. You know, but actually, just a big thing in anime in general. And Ghoul, I know you read the same thing I did, so I'm going off on a different spiel here. Um, is well, I've always thought that, that for, for me personally, I always took this as when we watch anime, they sit there and specifically try to put scenes of big sky and big land and stuff like that just because it doesn't exist for the normal person living in Japan. You know, you're, you're surrounded by, you know, Huge-ass skyscrapers, you know, seeing a sky is very limited unless you're looking between the buildings right down the middle of the street. You know, land, you don't fucking see it, and you know, unless you're going from one town to another. You know, seeing these kind of la vast open landscapes, you know, are few and far between for the normal person in Japan. You know, so I think they put those huge calming, you know, scenes in there as a calming, welcoming effect. 
into the movies. Yes, but also, again, it, it harkens back to a pre-Americanized Japan. You know, all these yeah. gigantic large cities and all of this stuff didn't start getting built until after we fucked them up and then gave them a whole bunch of money to help them fucking fix it. Um, you know, which, admittedly so, we they obviously needed it. You know, we, we really fucking did a number on them. Not saying that they didn't fuck us up either. You know, that shit went both ways, people. Um, yep. But, you know, it's, uh, again, like I... You know, one of the things like you know, me because me and, and Zach watch this. You know, because it's a movie that we both love. We, it's one of those things too that are that are great about the Miyazaki films um, and and the, the Ghibli films in general. You know, they're great for both adults and children. Both can sit, yeah. both can watch it, both are going to find things that they can to, to find enjoyable about it. And you know, I, being me, love you know musicals, so I don't mind Disney films in which you could do that and get a couple of song and dance routines. You guys do. So this works out for your, your part on that. You can watch it, not have a bunch of musical routines, and you're good. Um, you know, like one, one of the things, though, that we, we did discuss, like during the film, is the use of, like, you know, the, the hand-drawn pastel watercolor types of backgrounds that are going on versus, you know, the, the little bits of, like, computer animation that he's using, but then also the hand-drawn stuff, because they tried so hard to do so much of this film hand-drawn, because, you know, computers were... The, the computer imagery was really starting to, to, to break through at the point that this was made, and they were still trying to keep it very traditional. And there's certain scenes where that just like that just screams out, and like particularly like you know the, the the one thing that Zach had even said, like the the one part of animation that for me was such a great sequence is when when Haku goes flying out of the the room when he's injured and the blood splatters on the wall. Um, yeah. Just the fact that they like just made those like little details because that could have like, that scene could have gone on without any of that blood splatter, you know, at all, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have affected anything. You wouldn't have looked at the story and been like, oh well, that changed everything. It doesn't change anything with the story, but it's like that little detail that they like to put in these films that that I really appreciate, you know, because for me it's just helping to to create a more vibrant world, a more living world, even though it's completely you know obviously drawn. Yeah, I agree, man. It's like, you know, the, the cell layering is insane in, you know, Ghibli movies. You know, the the, the amount of hand-drawn cells that, that, you know, they're using. You know, but I did enjoy the little bit of CGI that they brought into this thing uh, just because they use it as another layer, you know, and it worked, you know, in, in the scenes where they did it. it. It wasn't taking away from it. It was actually adding to it, you know, specifically like – you know the, the the scene where we're getting introduced to Haku into the film, and he's walking through you know th- through the flower garden, you know, and it's just that vibrant, you know, flowers right to your eyes. Like the Dina said, if this was a different time, that would have been a really awesome scene. <laughs> yes, sure, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't remember if I've ever watched this under the influence of hallucinogens. Hallucinogens. Um, it's very well possible. I, uh, it's not necessary for me though either. So, but you know, like well, like we said, you know, it's like we have bad things happening. The parents are starting to turn into pigs. You know, ghosts and spirits and stuff like that are starting to, you know, show up in this world. You know, and you know, Jahiro's finding she can't get back to the world, and ha- Haku is there. You know, as a sort of guide. You know, saying. 
to survive in the spirit world. You have to partake of the spirit world. You have to eat to be able to survive in this world because she's fading away. Um, you know, she, so she's <laughs> – because she obviously does not belong. Humans do not belong in a, the clean world of the spirits, and they are a taint on society. Society, you know, taint. they stink. It's, it's it's brought up there, yes, you know. It's, it's brought it's, it's brought taint off the balls in, in this asshole. movie. You said yeah. taint and stink in the same sentence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but but that's the thing about this movie is the sink of humanity and them ruining this world. You know, it, it's the constant pollution that they bring, and uh, again, it's just brought up there. So, you know, like we said, then we just start getting some weird, you know, odd weird building shit, like of shit that, you know, could probably confuse the fuck out of the boiler, I mean, uh, confuse the fuck out of the king about, the, you know, the boiler man and the soot sprites and all that kind of stuff where the king was, what the guys. fuck is going on right now? <laughs> yeah, when yeah, he rocks, and they're all like, yeah, rocks, and he's like, yeah, that's their job. You don't have a job. And no matter how much you pay, I'm not giving you a job. Well, okay, I'll give you a job. Yeah, yeah I'll put my neck out for you. Okay, we'll take her away. And all these fucking things turning rocks are throwing them into a fire. And then he's digging in the fucking, like, fucking thick, the, the spice. And he's like, yeah, but I, I got it. I'm like, what is this fucking job? Like, is he making food? Is he water? Like, you know, none of it made sense because in our game, well, you have to summon him. You have to get And he's going to get you the water. water. Why? around. I was like, why? What? What is he doing, though? They don't They never really tell you what he does. They just, you know. Yes, they, they do. He has little, he's a, he, He's in charge. He's the boiler man. He's in charge of the boilers, and then he mixes the herbs that go into the bath, which we're going to see later. The name, the name kind of says it all. Oh, um, you know, he's the boiler man. He right. fucking functions the boiler, you know. Just, just like I'm an HVAC guy, you know. I, I function the HVAC. Um, you function the boiler too. Yeah, I do. I have functioned the boiler, indeed. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that you kind of have to go into with this movie knowing is, like, little bits and pieces of, you know, things that go on in Japan. You know, bathhouses and and stuff like that. You know, things that are not quite as uh, prominent here in the States, if at all, you know. Uh, I personally have never been to a bathhouse. I think the closest I've ever been was probably fucking, you know, hitting the Y and then walking around the locker room, you know, there and then fucking hitting the sauna or two. Or, or going man to the fucking parlor. saggy dicks and fucking balls, you know? <laughs> like, a bunch of old, like a bunch of old raccoons. <laughs> I love raccoons. Yo, love Pop Poco. Chi 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 whatever fuck her name is. Just call her Sen. She gets a... Just call her Sen. And then, like, you know, she's making, like, water for, like, a stink monster. But then, like, a Jason Voorhees-type monster shows up, and he's just standing there and just hanging out. And she's like, oh, do you want to come in? Sure, come in. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, dun, dun, dun. Like, this fucking weird black creature with a Jason Voorhees mask comes in, and, and he's just hanging out. And he, <laughs> he, just, uh, he starts swallowing people and then, like, throwing gold around. They're like, oh, he's got gold. Woo, gold. Like, you know, shake his head, get some gold. Like, you know, like, like Oh, you guys love this movie. I don't understand this. What the fuck was that creature? The no-face thing? Like, what was that supposed to represent? Like, partying? Like, just hanging out? Like, yeah, I don't know what his, what was his purpose? That's my question. You guys like this movie? I don't get it. What was it, what, like, what was his representation in the Shinto uh, world? Okay, it's, like, 
my personal opinion is like because I couldn't find any direct correlation. You know, Google, feel free to counter if you want to. Is like I took this as just an expression of the gods wanting to, you know, the Shinto gods and stuff like that, wanting to serve man. Okay, you know, and you know, doing what they do, which is you know, serving people and trying. You know, it starts off with him coming in. You know, because he sees, he recognizes that she's a human. So he's drawn to her, you know, as like the rat spirit was when he helped her, all right? So he's drawn to her, and that's why he sits there and offers her the bat tokens and realizes the bat tokens make her happy, you know? So then it goes to the thing of, all right, then moving on to the gold, you know, more personal possession stuff here. Now we're raising up the stakes, you know? And then he starts to get responses of the, you know, hey, the gold makes lots of people happy. Let's go ahead and keep doing that, and it keeps – perversing him and changing him to where, you know, he's becoming an abomination of what he's supposed to be because he's serving misbegotten thoughts from the people around him instead of the people that are thinking, look, I just want to sit there and just, you know, have a healthy family. I just want to sit there and keep the nature around me, you know, positive. Instead, it's about Mm -hmm. greed. And as the greed increases, you know, he just deform, deforms more and more. Uh, you're, yeah, hmm. I mean, you're you're on. You're definitely in the right direction with that. Um, it's it's it, it is that. It's it's more about morality. Is what No Face represents. Um, you know, we again growing up in the in the Western world, obviously having European or you know, in the case of, of the Dean, you know, semi Middle Eastern. Uh, roots, um, you know, we're we're more accustomed to the idea of monotheism, um, Abrahamic uh, religions and whatnot. Uh, when Abraham you look at like uh, Buddhism, Taoism, and stuff like that, basically what what it is, is is things are more about you know what you put out into the universe and and the outcomes that result thereof. Um, no face is exactly that. He represents nothing originally. He is clean. Um, and as he does interact, you know, with Sen and other people within the bathhouse, he does start to pick up, you know, on greed and avarice and things like that. And kind of like, and those are the results of that, you know, to, to be accepted you know, he keeps trying to, to get Sen's attention. Well, what's going to get Sen's attention? Well, Sen, you know, every time these people are doing something, Sen is, is coming around. So what better way to do that than to, you know, to, to make them happy? And then in his own way, you know, No Face in a lot of ways becomes a god um, to them. You see them beg, you know, beg him for that. They all have their own little boxes out there. You know, worship him. What are they worshiping? They're worshiping the very, the money. And the and the and what he's giving them at this point, um, you know, which which thankfully after after giving him the little the half a green ball, you know, he pukes out all the shit and reverts back to being no face. And ultimately, what you find is is when when faced with you know just the simplicity of the character, he becomes more human um, without all of the the negative features of humanity. Um, there's this how I've always seen No Face. I like the character. I like the design of it, man. I love that mask. That was probably the one part I actually did. He starts regurgitating and shit, and he's just fucking puking. 
wake up everybody. I'll kill you. And then a second later, he's just standing there, and he's like, hey, guys, uh, really sorry. Did I come with you on a boat trip? Most of that, though, is from the frog. You know, the frog, you know, we see has his own issues with his station, you know, there at the uh, at the bathhouse. So, you know, that's uh, that that is what he kind of has an effect on. It's kind of like he took the blob and every time the blob like ate somebody, it took their, you know, their their customs or, or way. It, it, yeah. Every time it absorbed something else, it took the worst of that character and then got magnified. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of cool to see him be, like, so massive and, you know, you have uh, Sen, uh, you know, confronting him about it, you know, feeding the dumpling and he's running out cute to everybody. Then he's like, go on a road trip to meet uh, Yubaba's uh, twin sister. Uh, is that right? Zeniba? Zeniba. 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 You, you, yeah. You're doing good, man. You're, you're doing really good with the names, actually. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying so hard because I, I could not pay attention to how they pronounce the names of this movie. I was so confused. Like the, the old Mrs. Garrett with the weird fucking thing in the middle of her face. I thought that was like in the back of life. Fucking nude baby. Here, um, we find out what would have happened 
to Shen had she not gotten the job, you know, and had she not eaten the berry. Remember, she would have just disappeared. Those people are humans that have entered this spirit world and don't have anywhere else to go. They don't actually exist. They're living their lives. Like you see houses in the background on like islands surrounded by water and stuff like that. It's almost like this, this world is populated with these, these spirits that are completely empty. They have no direction whatsoever. They're just, uh, they have no, no, no image anymore, nothing. They're lost, you know, forever as these, these spirits, you know, these just black shapes. Um, right. Very much Michael Myers, you know, uh, you know, and they're they're still doing what you know to them is just like their day to day routine. You know, get on the train, go to work. You see, some of them have briefcases and stuff like that, but we know right. that that's not what's going on in this universe. You know, so I mean that that that's kind of how I always took the the train ride. It was always showing us, you know, what the possible future could have been for Sen. Oh, man, see. Uh, Awesome, man. Who <laughs> oh, you? You don't even know. You're a fan of this stuff. Well, that's awesome. Kings like this water in a wow. And look, there's no wow. Way, way to kick me in the yeah. dick there. You didn't know about it. You're a fan. Wow. Way to fan shame. Okay. You believe this world? Like, you're like, oh, man, this is the greatest world ever. I know everything about it. Now, now you know what it's like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I it's did, art. I, it's never, art. It's perception. I, Everybody perceives it I, differently, I, man. I never claim to be the king of anime. All right. <laughs> I don't know. You talk about it all live. <laughs> Where I'm like, man, he needs to be the king of anime. Mad Monkey. The king is yeah, just I mean, sore I, right I, now, Monkey, because you've made him watch like a cartoon for only like the fourth time in his entire life, you know? So he <laughs> came popping out of, you know, Mama G's vagina with a fucking cigar in his mouth and, you know, a fucking Friday the 13th in his fucking dick, you know? I don't know. It was somewhere. <laughs> But uh, uh, again, I I just love these open scenes that you know Miyazaki does. You know, especially the the entire train scene. You know, it's just fucking beautiful. It really is. It's just you know just some mellow mellow shit to look at. It's, it's a um, Why was it so long? Like you know, is that a Japanese thing? Because that's not like that whole traveling on the train thing took fucking forever. I was like, they could cut this at any time. But it's it like actually riding on the train. Train, on a train, riding on a train. I was like, okay, it's like 15 minutes has gone by. Like, are they ever? Are yeah, we literally going to spend the next hour getting to Zeniba? Yeah, but you're literally. Yes, but like the like the ghoul just said, you're on a train of lost souls. Okay, so again, this is just one of those other reasons why I chose this movie. Because again, I was saying like you know horror adjacent here with this kind of weird ass shit going on in this world. Okay. I I, I honestly, you guys are talking. I never noticed it. <laughs> I don't want to ever go back, but I I didn't notice any. I had no idea what you guys were talking about. When like there was guys Definitely walking around briefcases. Again, okay. <laughs> I, I missed it. Like, I was sitting here, and you guys were talking about guys walking around briefcases and houses. I'm like, where was that in that train sequence? I missed it. I I, I didn't know that there was any ghosts on there. I just remember them riding on a train for like 20 minutes. And so they reached their destination, you know, which is was to talk more about what's going on in the movie. Like, yes, I, just, which, I need somebody yes, to cut. Yes, because they they reached the the final stop. They get to go see. 
<coughs> excuse me, to Geneva. go see Geneva, and yep, and you know, go, go see her. You know, so them. Oh yeah, and the baby that's now a, a excuse me, you know, the and, and the fly. Yep, the mouse and the fly. <laughs> yeah, because again, making more sense to the king. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to visit. his ass hanging out, and just like, why was he like fifteen feet tall? Like I just thought, oh, man, like when he turns back into a baby at the end, and he's like, oh, you can walk now. I was like, yeah, he shouldn't have walked a long time ago. Like yeah, well, the whole yeah, yeah, but then the other thing about the baby is also, you know, people who spoil their babies, you know, and their children, and never let them grow up and, and and shelter their children <laughs> their entire lives. Not <laughs> Yeah, I think you you keep doing that, and what you're gonna end what you're gonna end up with is a giant baby, and not a grown adult. That's what you're gonna end up with if you You look like a gigantic baby their entire lives. Exactly, (laughs) that's what it's a representation of the man child. You know what we're seeing in society today, like very often, where we have you know guys that are still. And again, it's not a matter of knocking somebody for living at home because they need to do so for like financial purposes and stuff. I'm talking about the guys mm-hmm. that are in like their early 30s, still living at home, who are working like some shit job somewhere because they still want to make sure that they're on fucking you know modern warfare all night long so that they can play with their fucking buddies because you know they still have this hope and dream that they're going to be professional video gamers one day. Uh, you know that's uh, and yet it's good to have dreams and yet still don't know how to change a tire. <laughs> They definitely don't know how to change it. But at some point, hey, no. after they... Uh, some of them and, don't even know how to use Amazon's fucking return shit from, like, you know what I mean, from the fucking app. You know, some of them still think you have to make phone calls. <laughs> um, but, yeah, cause the one thing that we didn't talk about, really, was the fact that, like, uh, you have to change your name when you get into the spirit world, and, like, if you uh, forget your name, you, you forget yourself. So, uh, Sen, apparently he's a riverbed. Like, I don't, I don't know Haku. what he is. I think he's a river. No, Haku, Haku uh, is is a is a river. He's a, yeah, he's Haku a river. is a river spirit. <laughs> and the, and then she starts crying and she's like, "Oh, you're you're uh, Kawanu or Kawakaku or whatever." And all of a sudden he's like, "Yes, you're right. I am a river." And I was like, "He's a river? He's a riverbed? Oh, like, like, he's, like oh, he, he's not a riverbed. He's a he's a river spirit." It's like, why do you keep trying to sit there and think he's like just a dried out like? Yeah, he's a river spirit. He was, he was the Kohaku River, and t- until it dried up because they built apartments over top of it, and he, therefore the spirit could not find its way back to the river because the river was not there. So Haku was trapped in the spirit world here. Yes, trying to find Here's a way back. Remember something. We okay. saw the film. We watched the river spirit earlier in the movie come to the bathhouse. So. You know, and in that case, that river spirit needed all the pollution and all the shit that had been loaded into the, his river to be removed from him. You know, that's why he was the stink monster at that point. Looked like the fucking Golgothan from Dogma. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, so, so as far as Haku goes, you know, he was probably there to utilize the bathhouse as just the typical river spirit. But then because they did what they did they filled in his river it dried out you know he had nowhere to go back to he couldn't leave so yababa took advantage right. of that at that point 
took him on as her, you know, assistant or whatever, and he completely forgot who he is. You know, he's not the river itself. He's just simply the spirit of said river, you know. So, like, if we were to take it and put it into, like, you know, our real-world perspective, you know, obviously there would be a Colorado River spirit and a Nile River spirit and so forth and so forth. That's how Shinto and, and all of these religions, how they worked, you know. They were, they were polytheistic. So similar to, like, the Greek pantheon, you had all of these different spirits and demons, you know, like we see demons because of our religion as, you know, evil things. But, you know, there, demons were just various variations of spirits. Exactly. you got to have a knowledge, because I, I thought he was a river. I was like, he's a body of water, but he's inhabiting the spirit of a boy? I was like, he's the okay. river of dreams, I mean, like Billy Joel sang about. <laughs> in the middle of the night. Well, carried around in the river of dreams. In the middle of the night. After uh after Sen's like, Well, none of these things are my parents and they're like, Well you're free to go and she's like, Will I ever see you again? He's like, Sure, bitch. Yeah. Someday. I'm like he's never gonna see her again. Unless he wants to feed her something in the real world. He's never coming back. That guy's out of there. He's got he's got places to be. He's got a river to be. <laughs> like more than each fucking so up for 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 a hey, uh, hockey. Mm-hmm. Haku. 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 <laughs> but yeah, you know. But yeah. But yeah, you know, Sen passes, Sen passes the test. She gets, you know, she gets her parents back that are waiting for her, you know, by the abandoned amusement park, you know, quote unquote, at the beginning of the movie. All right, but the thing is, you know, Haku tells her. You you have to go and you cannot turn around you know and we which brings us right, right back to the beginning uh, of the episode you know <laughs> when you know when the ghoul said yeah you cannot look back where you're you know leaving the spirit world you know <laughs> just just like in uh you know yeah you know Greek Greek shit. Exactly the same thing. As as you're leaving Hades and all that kind of stuff going up, you're not allowed to turn around or shit will go bad. So no, she wasn't focus, that the whole forward. story of Sodom and Gomorrah? She couldn't look back on the on the evil city or she'd turn into a pillar of dust I mean, and that's what she, she, she became. That, 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 that was, no, that was Sodom and Gomorrah and that was the pillar of salt. Okay? But what I'm talking about is, um, you know, what's his name? Persephone. Her leaving Perseus? Hades and yeah, something like that. But yeah, <laughs> but Persephone yeah. was a woman. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. But anyway, so yeah, they they get back to their car <laughs> and they find it. It's covered in dust and twigs, and a homeless guy took a shit in the back of it. I don't know why. Oh like, man! You know, but like, oh man, someone took a little dump in the back of our car. How long have we been gone for? I don't know. Like, imagine the fucking... Like, how long have we been... A bunch of savages in this town. Homeless homeless dude named Waffles, and I'll live in the back seat. (laughs) Take all the orgy in the back of your car. It's a lot of cum. (laughs) It's like, that's that. We're going to end this thing with them getting into their cum wagon and driving away to the new life somewhere after a lesson has been learned. What that lesson was, I still don't know. But a lesson was to be had, and a lesson was to be found. Yeah, we don't know how long they were they were there for. You know, it feels like to us it was for days. Time could pass differently in the spirit yeah. world. Um, 
that's kind of how I took that, though. You could also take it as in it was like one last quote-unquote gag by like the wind spirit or whatever to blow all the leaves and shit in because he left the windows open. Um, I don't know. That, 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 that was always one of like those, those last little things in the film where I was like, hmm, you could really take that in, uh, a couple different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Michael Chick was doing the voice of the dad for the American version. I was like, oh, wow. I got the thing. Looking at the trivia. Yeah, I was like, man, they got Vic Mackey from The Shield. That's pretty high class. Vic Mackey. I love that show. <laughs> a lot of fun. And because John Lasseter was involved with this version, of course, you had Ratzenberger. <laughs> had to be in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you know when it's soon as you hear him, too, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, that's Spirit of the Way <laughs> wrapped up. Um, I'm so glad it was. What's such a great episode? <laughs> oh man! What so happy to have tortured you, King. So happy to have tortured you. <laughs> so next week, Owl's Moving Castle. Whatever the fuck you talk about, that'll be part two of our anime adventure. Or do you have no, that one. Th- that one doesn't really fall, you know, into horror so much, in my opinion. If we were going to go horror, it would be definitely Princess Mononoke. <laughs> sure, go that way. Torture me again for two and a half hours of my life. I can never get back. Well, King. So. So? So who's picking oh, Labyrinth for next week's episode? <laughs> dance, magic, dance. <laughs> jump, magic, magic dance. jump. The babe. <laughs> the babe with the power. <laughs> power of voodoo. You do. Power do. Hey, look, it's fucking David Bowie's big swinging fucking dick. <laughs> look at that giant cock. So, I believe it is my pick next week. It is um, your pick. It is indeed my pick. And since we're playing the uh, the horror adjacent game, you know, I'm going to take something and and I'm going to we're going to go we're going to go out there with it, okay? I am totally going to take us down, you know, the, the the musical pathways of Les Mis where horrific situations happen to 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 good people that are that are innocent. No, I'm just fucking kidding, man. We're, watching we're going back story? to like we're going to go <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the chat, you fucking win games and you're not supposed to. Oh, wrong jets, man. Those are my jets, not those jets. Um, you know, who blow it and get fucking Zach Wilson. You know, you know, you're getting old when you have a kid who's fucking older than like the the the, the latest fucking draft pick of your NFL team. Um, so, so all that being said, I am going more traditional horror. But traditional horror with a hot chick and some comedy involved with it as well. Uh, it's, it's a film that I have yet to ever see. Um, oh. And I, the I'm babysitter sure there are too. Here who have, have seen it, maybe <laughs> who haven't seen it. Um, we're going to go with none other than Toe Thumbs, Megan Fox in Jennifer's Body. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind that one. Oh, the king likes it. We're in luck. <laughs> well, I saw it in the future and I hated it, and I saw it recently. Sure and I was like, a you know what? I was King wrong. It's good. Sure <laughs> there's a button. Yeah, Karen, who's so fucking funny. Yeah, like I said, I, I watched it when I first got in the theater. I fucking hated it. Then I watched it recently, and I was like, you know what? I was wrong. It actually is a pretty fun movie. Yeah, I just had to let a couple of years go by in between, you know, kind of mature a little bit. But I still don't like Diablo Cody, even though she wrote the script. But uh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it next week. <laughs> 
I haven't seen it. I I know little to nothing about it other than Megan Fox is in it. Uh, Monkey, uh, if you have any trouble finding it, let me know. And if we have to, you know, rework or whatever, we'll rework. Nope, Uh, nope, I'm good. I'm good. You should have access through uh, the the, the app since uh, I recently recently purchased the film. So, there you go. It's cool. So we're all going to watch it for Bobby next week. First time viewing for the ghoul. So. Thank you so much for your pick. First time viewing for, for me. For the Dean as well. Oh, and so the, that's important. Okay. Very important. Uh, Monkey, have you seen hey. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, we can go for the trifecta. We can go for the three. But now, all right. Oh, two and two. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> that's right. Dean, uh, we will see you back here next week for Jennifer's Body. You will. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us and for your pick of Spirit of the Way, and we'll be exploring yes, Jennifer's body next week. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, right back at you. All right. Um, cool, why don't you go ahead and stop? King, can you hear me? Stay scared! Take a long time for me to get out of this movie. <laughs> but I did it. I, just, I made it through a Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, check that off the uh, the old fucking list there. I made it through an anime movie. Never going to watch another one again unless it's for the show. So, Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. But uh, for the show, I will persevere. Um, you know, I thought about calling off of this episode, but I didn't. So anyway, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, Give America Strong, watch horror movies, watch Studio Ghibli movies. Hey, why not? You know, you might like it. I didn't, but you guys might. And we'll see you back here next week for Jennifer's Body. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.